0: Are you glad to be in church today? It's a joy. I'm I'm telling you, frankly, truthfully speaking, it is my joy to be able to journey this 31 days with all of you. You know, I I never thought that, you know, the church will be up for an idea of uh, 31 days of fasting and praying. I think this is the longest that we have uh, had a fasting and prayer, if I'm not wrong. The longest that we have gone previous to this is 21 days. And uh, in my opinion, this is the longest that we are going after that. Uh, We are going for 31 days. And I truly believe that um, this is not by accident that we are doing it or that we are not doing this just because of human desire. You know, there are some things that we tend to do because of a desire in the flesh, to please God in our flesh. But I know for a fact that... um, This is not something that was born in my flesh. Uh, You know, there is a lot of things that is my heart suit, but fasting is not one of them. You know, fasting and I I can pray, I can worship, I can preach, I can, you know, do a lot of those things, but you ask me to fast, that is not, that is naturally not me. You know, there are a lot of people for whom fasting comes like so easy. They fast at least uh, 12 months a year, you know. <laughs> you would find them fasting a week to every month of the year. And, you know, that's not something that comes naturally uh, to me. And, and and you know why Izzy gets his food cravings, uh, where he gets his food cravings from. And uh, so, so I truly believe that this was something that the Lord put into our hearts for a season like this. And uh, just to remind you, And I've been emphasizing on this again and again and again that this is not fasting and prayer alone, but this is fasting and worship. Why why are we talking about fasting and worship? Because the Lord spoke to us saying, worship is going to be the key to victory for us in this particular season. If we can learn how to worship and if we can learn how to worship the right way, if we can learn how to prioritize the presence of God, prioritize the heart of God, the mind of God, the will of God, and exalt Him for 31 days, then there will be a breakthrough. Then there will be a shift. You know, yesterday we were talking about fasting, the seasons of fasting in the Bible. The Bible talks about how the church, they fasted and prayed for a, a period of time in the New Testament. And they set apart Apostle Paul and Barnabas for ministry. Paul and Barnabas, they were doing ministry even before this fasting and prayer. But after fasting, after this particular season of fasting and prayer that the church entered into, the elders, the leaders of that church, they laid hands upon Paul and Barnabas and they released them into the next season of ministry. So... Although these guys were already serving God, they were already doing ministry, they entered into the next season of ministering. They entered into the next level of ministering. They had a fresh impartation during that season of fasting and praying and waiting upon the Lord. And I truly believe that in this season, it is not just for the leaders of this church or for the pastors of this church, but for each and every one of us that are you know, taking our time, some of us online, some of us physically over here, but taking out time, sacrificing in whatever way we can and coming into the presence of God, I believe that there is going to be a physical and a spiritual shift in the authority that you carry, in the ministry that the Lord has put onto your life, the, the calling upon your life, the destiny of, and, and the assignment upon your life it will be revealed and you will go into the next level in this season. I I, I completely believe that and I and I pray for, for supernatural faith to be in your hearts to receive every word as a prophecy. Every word. That is why we are allowing the Lord to speak through all of us after the service. Come up and share whatever the Lord is speaking and release whatever the Lord is speaking and let it become a prophetic word. Not just for yourself and for this church but for each and every individual and our homes and our families and I I just want to take this time to greet those of us that are watching online and uh, may the Lord bless you. I see your comments here, you know, I have my Bible open on one screen and I have your comments open on the other screen so I, I know who are receiving. Just like I know who are sleeping and not sleeping in church I know who is receiving and who is saying an amen and what you are saying an amen to. And may the Lord uh, bless you. May you experience the same presence and the same heart and the same uh, love and the same passion and the same worship and the same uh, sacrifices that we are giving to God in this place. May you experience that in your home. May you have the grace to do that wherever you are. May the Lord bless you guys and... uh, Amen, amen. Thank you. You know, as we go into the Word of God, can we, before we go into the, you know, portion for today, can we just read through the whole chapter? We'll finish Joel chapter 1 today. Hopefully, let's uh, read the entire chapter to- together. Joel chapter 1 and verse 1. The Bible says, The Lord gave this message to Joel, son of Petuel." Hear this, you leaders of the people. Listen, all who live in the land, in all your history, has anything like this happened before? Tell your children about it in the years to come and let your children tell it to their children. Pass the story down from generation to generation. After the cutting locusts finished eating the crops, the swarming locusts took what was left and after them came the hopping locust, and then the stripping locusts too, wake up you drunkards and weep, wail all you wine drinkers, all the grapes are ruined and all your sweet wine is gone. A vast army of locusts has invaded my land, a terrible army too numerous to count, read it with me. Its teeth are like lion's teeth, its fangs like those of a lioness. It has destroyed my grapevines and ruined my fig trees, stripping their bark and destroying it, leaving the branches white and bare. Weep like a bride dressed in white, black, mourning the death of her husband. For there is no grain or wine to offer at the temple of the Lord. So the priests are in mourning. The ministers of the Lord are weeping. The fields are ruined. The land is stripped bare. The grain is destroyed. The grapes have shriveled. And the olive oil is gone. So despair all you farmers. Wail all you wine growers weep because the wheat and the barley all the crops of the fields are ruined the grapevines have dried up and the fig trees have withered the pomegranate trees the palm trees and the apple trees all the fruit trees have dried up and the people's joy has dried up with them Dress yourselves in burlap and weep, you priests. Wail, you who serve before the altar. Come, spend the night in burlap, you ministers of my God, for there is no grain or wine to offer in the temple of your God. So announce a time of fasting. That is what we learned yesterday. Announce, this is a season to fast. Call the people together for a solemn meeting. Bring the leaders and all the people of the land into the temple of the Lord your God and cry out to Him there. The day of the Lord is near. The day when destruction comes from the Almighty. How terrible that day will be. Our food, it disappears before our very eyes. And there is no joyful celebration because there are no joyful celebrations are held in the house of our God. So the Lord is saying these are the areas where the Lord wants to give us victory and breakthrough. These are the solutions the Lord that the Lord wants us to activate and imply and apply in those areas of our life so that we can go to the next level of walking with God we can go to the next level of experiencing what God has in store for us in this particular season of life. Amen? Amen. So, you know, let me just touch this particular line. It says, our food, it disappears before our very eyes. It disappears right in front of us. It's almost giving a feeling that I can see it happening but I'm helpless and I'm not able to do anything about it. That there is is brokenness, there is failures, there is challenges, there is uh, all of these calamities that is coming and yet I don't know how to help it. I don't know what to do to overcome it. There is a feeling of helplessness. My food, it disappears before my very eyes. And you know, that requires for some amount of spiritual intelligence on our side to ask the Lord for solutions to figure out what can we do. How can we, how can we not just see our problems, see our enemy attacking us, see the challenges in front of us. You know, some of us are amazing prophets. We are able to see what is about to happen. But, you know, the thing with Joseph was that he did not only see what was about to happen, he also gave a solution. Do you know, if you read the book of Genesis, is it chapter 39? Where he, when Pharaoh called him and he told him the dreams, Joseph accurately predicted what was going to happen. And not only did he predict what was going to happen, He also gave the solution and he said, so now, my dear king, you need to appoint a man who is going to be in charge of the harvest for the next seven years. So that when the famine comes, this, uh, you know, the storehouses will not be empty during the season of famine. That we have enough to uh, go through the seven years of famine. So appoint a man. So... So Joseph did not just prophesy or Joseph did not just see the attack of the enemy. He also heard a solution for what he saw. So I'm praying that in this season, we will not just be seers. So often as uh, people in the house of God, you know, we we read this in verse 2 and 3. That in this season, the Lord is calling the leaders to hear what he is speaking. Hear. Accurately hear his solutions, his answers to our problems. Not just be exposed to the problem, but also have solutions to those problems. So it's not enough that we see the food disappear before our eyes. It will happen. It is inevitable that it will happen in a season like this. Spiritual, physical, emotional, relational areas, we may face famine, but it is also necessary that the children of god the josephs in this house they rise up with divine wisdom to know how to preserve what is being taken out of our hand if this attack is coming how can i prepare for this attack if this area of challenge is coming how can i be ahead of that you know let's talk about the finances of our church you know in this last few months we've we've personally witnessed and and we've seen how so many churches have shut down, how so many churches have not had money to sustain over the uh, period of pandemic. Now, I know from the time that our church started till now, till last year, we've never had a time when we've had a saving in our account. We've had a, a time when we have, we've had money in our account. As soon as we have money, We will plan a big project and we will uh, invest it into it and we will just spend it. But something happened last year and, you know, just before we started talking about radical giving, something happened. The Lord started blessing our finances. And not only the Lord started blessing our finances, but, you know, we didn't spend it anywhere, you know, other than the Revive conference that we did at the end of the year. We didn't spend it anywhere, you know. The Lord just, you know, stopped us from doing anything. You know, the uh, Revival Dreamers conference was coming up. We had to um, do a lot of expenses. Uh, the Lord just stopped divinely. The Lord just stopped. You know, the speakers, they were confirmed, but unusually, usually what the speakers tell us is, you know, as soon as they are co- it's confirmed, they expect, you know, their, uh, you know, flight tickets and all that so that we can add. But unusually, two out of the three speakers, they wrote to us and said, hey, I'm for sure coming, but don't book my flight tickets. So unusually, we didn't, we didn't spend money in most places that we would be spending money, and we just preserved our finances in such a way that the Lord just sustained us during this season of pandemic. And I pray and I hope that, that such kind of wisdom, now I'm just talking about our church finances for, for one example But my prayer is that each and every one of us, we will get ahead of the game. That we will not just see what the enemy is going to do, but we will get ahead of the game to not incur any losses because of what the enemy is going to do. Sometimes, some attacks of the enemy, we can, you know, squash it. Some others, we may not be able to squash it but we may have the solutions to get ahead and not let it prevail. Amen? Amen. On that note, let's go to verse 17. The book of Joel, chapter 1 and verse 17. The Bible says, The seeds, they die in the parched ground and the grain crops fail. The barn stands empty And the granaries are abandoned. Let's go ahead and read verse 18 also. How the animals mourn with hunger. The herds of cattle, they wander about confused. Because they have no pasture. The flocks of sheep and goat bleat in misery. Lord, help us. The fire has consumed the wilderness pastures. And flames have burned up all the trees. Even the wild animals cry out to you because the streams have dried up and fire has consumed wilderness pastures. So we see a, a, a kind of destruction which is causing fire and which is causing famine, which is causing um, even wilderness, even in the wilderness, the The pastures in the wilderness the the forest the the grass the the greens everything is burnt up and it is consumed and everything is laid to ruins to the extent that even wild animals don't have food to eat now we're not just talking about human beings not having food to eat we're talking about wild animals who live in the forest not having food to eat and the bible says that they moan, they moan with hunger. The herds of cattle, they they wander about confused. They wander about confused without a sense of direction, you know. The Bible says that even if you and I lack food, God takes care of the animals of the field, right? The birds of the air and the animals of the field. But here we see a season where even the animals don't have enough. Even the world out there don't have their provision and and in such a season let's go to verse 17 in such a season the lord is exposing the cause of something like this it says the seeds it dies in the parched ground the seeds they die where not in your hand not in your storehouse, but in the patch ground. In other words, these seeds, they have been sown. The farmers have done a good job at sowing the seeds. The farmers have done a good job at plowing the ground. The farmers have done a good job at preparing the ground and all of that. And they sowed the seed at the right time and still Because the ground is parched. Because the ground is without water. Because the ground is without constant nourishment. Because the ground is not being fed regularly. The Bible says the seeds, they die in the ground. The seeds, they die in the ground. You know, this evening... I want to speak to every seed of yours that is at the verge of dying. Every seed of yours. It may be a dream. It may be a desire. It may be a prayer. It may be something that you've been asking the Lord for that you're at the verge of giving up hope for. Whatever those seeds are, whatever areas of your life you have been asking for a breakthrough, and and you've not been seeing it, and and you're at the verge of saying, Lord, I I, I don't see anything good coming out of this one area of my life. Everything else, it seems to be working, but this one area, I don't see anything good coming out of it. I see that it is about to die. And tonight, I am come to prophesy over your seeds that are about to die. Your seeds that are about to, to give up life. The Bible talks about Hagar, how a Hagar, she couldn't bear to see her seed die. So what did she do? She disconnected herself from her seed. She said, "I cannot face this whole ordeal. I cannot. I, I cannot stand seeing my seed die. I cannot stand seeing my dream die. I cannot stand seeing my hope or my my prayer request. The one thing that I'd been." I've been fighting with God for I cannot see that die. So I'm going to keep my seed at a distance and I'm just going to come away and I'm going to pray from here and I'm going to weep from here. I'm going to to just disconnect from my seed. And the Bible says, at that time, there was an angel that appeared to her and the angel told her, hey, do not worry, I will open a new way for you. I will open a new door for you. And in the middle of the wilderness, out of nowhere, not because a human being dug that well, but out of nowhere, there was water that started springing up in the middle of wilderness because of God's provision for Hagar so that her seed will not die, so that her seed will not die in that parched ground. So tonight, I have come to prophesy to some seeds that are dying. I'm not speaking to your seed, but I'm speaking to your heart. You know, the angel did not come and speak to the seed. The angel spoke to the mother, to the carrier of that seed, to the one that owned that seed. And the Lord is speaking to you tonight. And the Lord is saying, do not worry my daughter. Do not worry my child. I know the hard work that you have done. I know the plowing that you have done. I know the sowing that you have done. I know the seeds that you have sown, and I am not going to let it die. I am not going to let it die. If you are willing to for a moment for a moment for a moment disconnect yourself from your seed. Disconnect yourself from your Isaac. When you are too attached to your Isaac you will not be able to sacrifice that seed you will not be able to let go of that seed. But when you're willing to let go off of your seed and saying, Lord, I, I know that this is the one biggest prayer request that I have. But even if this doesn't happen the way that I thought it should, I will still love you. I will still, I will still be here at your feet day after day. Even after the, October, the month of October is over, I will still be Rooted, I will still be grounded, I will still be aligned, I will still remain at your feet in spite of my seed not prospering. If we can come to that place where we can say, if if it dies, so be it. If if I die, so be it. If this doesn't flourish, so be it. But I am willing to disconnect myself from my seed, I'm willing to disconnect. Myself from my dreams, from my prayers, from my hope. But if you're willing to do that, the Lord is not going to allow your seed to die. That is the promise of God. The Lord says that I am here to make sure that every parched ground, every ground where the seed is sown and the ground is parched and there is no nourishment for that seed, the Lord says, I am making a new provision. I am making a new way. I am making a new door. I am opening up a new door for you. You know, if you go to the book of Exodus chapter 16, that is where the Lord provided for the Israelites to eat manna. The reason they called it manna was because when they saw this, they looked at each other and they said, what is this? So that became a common name. Everybody's like, what's this? <laughs> and that's how they called the name Manna. But you know, all through my life, I used to think that manna looks like lace, wafer. Uh, because, you know, that's that's how I wanted it to look like. Because I, I wish that heaven there will be a lot of lace and you know, I, you know, I, you know, those who know my taste buds, you know that I, I am all for salty chips and and you know, but today I was reading the word this morning and something stood out and it said that it, it was like the coriander seed. It was like the seed of coriander, but it tasted like wafers of honey. What did it say? It looked like seeds, but it tasted like wafers. I only heard the wafer part and I believe that the wafer part is right. And I, but but it, say, it says that it actually were seeds and these guys, they will take it home, they would crush it and they would, uh, they would make a dough out of it and they will make pancakes, they would make doshas, they will make chapati, whatever they want to make out of it, they would make with manna. They did not just eat manna as it is. You understand what I'm saying, right? They did not just pick up those grains and put it in their, into their mouth. That grain was a seed. It was not a finished product. It was a seed. But the Bible says, whenever these guys did not consume that seed in time or they left it over for the next day, that seed will begin to rot. The seed will begin to rot. That seed that was supposed to bring flourishment, can you give me this word in the KJV Bible? The same verse, uh, Joel chapter 1, verse 17 in the KJV translation. The Bible says that this manna, it will begin to rot when it overstayed its welcome. When it overstayed in the house, the manna will begin to rot. It was supposed to be in the house only for a particular duration. And it was supposed to be used or consumed or... You know, whatever, you know, they did not have the provision to sow because they were in the wilderness in the middle of nowhere. They did not have the provision to sow, but they were supposed to consume or share or give it away, but they were not supposed to take it for another day. Amen? And whenever they would do that, what did the Bible say? The Bible says that that manna, it will begin to rot and it will begin to stink by the next day. The Bible says, "Read this from the KJV Bible." The Bible says the seed is is rotten under their clods because there is blockages. Clods would mean this uh, mud uh, and this uh, you know thick pieces of mud that water cannot penetrate, and it is surrounded by that, and, and because of which the seeds remain there lifeless. And it begins to rot in that place. And so the Lord is looking at some of us, some of our situations where the Lord has blessed us with plenty of seed, but we are not utilizing our seed in the right way. We are trying to store it up for ourselves. We are trying to keep it for the next day or for the next season or for a a day when we will not necessarily have enough or we will not necessarily know all the answers on that day. And 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 when we keep that, when we hold on to our seeds too tightly, then that seed has the capacity to rot in your hands. It may, it it, it can die even when it is in the ground and there is no water, but the Lord is making provision for water tonight, right? Yeah. But that is not the danger. The, the Lord has released a word for that already. But the danger is that sometimes we can Hold it too tightly to us. We, like Hagar released her seed. We refuse to release our seed and we hold it too tightly to ourselves. We hold it too close to ourselves. We still want to control how and where and when I will do what I will do and where this person will go and what this money will do and, and 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 where i will work and how i will do these things and how my marriage should be how my ministry should be those areas that you want a breakthrough if you are going to hold it too closely too tightly beloved friends there is an expiration date for your seed if you do not utilize it or if you do not give it up or if you do not release it before the expiration date that seed that was supposed to be a blessing from god That seed that was supposed to be a a witness of God's provision for you can become a stink in your house. Can become a reason for your neighbors to look at you and say, hey, something wrong is happening in this house. There is something that is not supposed to be there. There is something that was not supposed to be, you know... Staying overnight, it is still staying there and your neighbors are going to start talking about it and, and people are going to look at it and say, wait, 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 wait! This, this was supposed to be long before consumed, long before consumed. The only day when they were allowed to let their seed or let their manna stay overnight is the day when there was no fresh provisions that the Lord was giving On the next day, there there was supposed to be a a day of rest. There was supposed to be a day of celebration. There was supposed to be a day of uh, rejoicing. And there was supposed to be a day where they will do no, no hard work or no struggle. And the Bible says on the sixth day when they went out and they collected the seeds, they had double the amount of seeds. They had enough seeds to last them two days. So that till, you know, in the Jewish calendar, everything worked from evening to evening. Not from morning to evening, but from evening to evening. So their Sabbath would begin on a Friday evening. And it would finish on a Saturday evening. So whatever they collected on Friday morning would sustain them all the way till Sunday morning. Because Sunday morning is the next time when manna will come again. And I also believe that in this season... The, the Lord is going to make provision for your rest. That some of you that are, that are preparing to just rest in the presence of God, take a, take a back seat and just slow things down in some areas of your life and to just you know, just withdraw from your seed in whatever way, the Lord will make provision for you. The Bible says those that gathered manna, some of them they gathered extra and some of them they gathered less. But on the sixth day, everybody had twice as much as they would have from Monday or from Sunday to, Wednesday, to Thursday. On Friday, when they went out to collect, they would have twice. They would have twice this, the number of seeds. So what I'm trying to say is you do not have to worry about how much seeds you've got. If your dreams expire, don't worry. The Lord will give you a fresh dream. If your visions, if you feel that, oh no, this is not happening the way that I thought it will happen. It's okay, release it. The Lord is able to give you a double portion. The Lord is able to give you not just what you need now, but also for the season ahead. He is able to give it to you. If you are willing to release the seeds at the right time. If you are willing to water the seeds at the right time if you're willing to listen to what the angel is speaking to Hagar in the middle of the wilderness, if you're willing to listen to the voice of God right now in this season saying, you know what Hagar, your seed is not going to die. Your seed is going to become a nation. Your seed is going to become a blessing to many people because this is not an ordinary seed. There is an Abraham that worked behind the seed and there is a Melchizedek that spoke a blessing upon that Abraham. Because of that, this seed... It may look like an ordinary seed, it may look like an unwanted seed, it may look like a rejected seed, it may look like an ugly seed, but this seed is going to be a blessing. This seed is going to be a blessing to the nations in the days to come. So, so I'm speaking to every seed that, that, is, that is dying in the parched ground. Can you pray with me? Come on. The next few minutes, everywhere. In this house, online, everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. Tonight, all of our worship is to revive our seeds. Uh, All those seeds that are sown, they are going to come back to life. There is fresh water being poured upon those seeds tonight. Tonight, as you worship, as as you cry out to God, as you meditate on, on, on what, we, what, what we just received from the Lord. The Lord says, I am going to water your seed. I am going to water your seed. I am going to penetrate the clogs. I am going to penetrate that, that, that blockages that is stopping your seed from, from prospering, that is stopping your seed from becoming a plant. Yes, tonight, tonight, tonight the Lord says, I am going to take over.